It's an analyst for the Pac-12 Network. He is Nigel Burton with us here on The Big Show. Nigel, thanks for a few minutes. How are you? I'm good, fellas. How are you? Hey, we're doing great. We're, we're jacked for football around here. Uh, Utah gets camp going tomorrow. Of course, Pac-12 Media Day was, uh, was last week, and just feels like uh, it feels good to have some energy around football again, right? Man, great to have energy, great to have guys in person, great to be able to uh, talk about masks. Uh, hopefully people uh, uh, behave responsibly because I, 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 do, I do feel a little bit of uh, Groundhog Day because I felt like we, we felt pretty good around this time last year and then things went sideways in a hurry. So hopefully we're, we're able to uh, kind of do what we need to do to make sure that uh, we can get a full college football season. Nigel, let me ask you to, to pipe in on a discussion that Jake and I were having before you came on. And Jake was pointing out to me that in college, so many quarterbacks are running offenses where they are asked essentially to make one read at the line of scrimmage and not have to go to any secondary reads, options two or three on down the line. Do you agree with that, or do you think that there are programs where quarterbacks are dependent on to be a little more sophisticated? Uh, I would say that you might be a one-read guy if you're a freshman, but if you find yourself on the field in Pac-12 game and you're just doing a, a, a one-read deal, uh, you're probably not throwing for many yards. <laughs> so. Uh, I think this, there's just too many good players. Uh, the defenses are too sophisticated. Um, I've never seen a system at that level where there's not a you know one two three check down. Um, and guys do it in different ways, right? They, they you know some teach you know hey you, you kind of go for a triangle. Other guys like okay based on this guy and then you know here's your next read. Here's where you go next. Um, things like that, but. Yeah, you know, matter of fact, when I was when I was coaching the Pac-12, we would tease like the freshman that, hey, you know, don't worry, he's a one-read guy because <laughs> because uh, by the time they made it to the level where they were actually playing, um, there there's not there weren't a whole lot of one-read guys left. Nigel, I want to ask you about kind of the uh, the forecast of this year in the in the Pac-12, USC in the South. Uh, Oregon in the north, that was the media's preseason pick. Not, not a real courageous vote there uh, as they kind of went with the, with the brand names. But what do, you, what do you think is the likelihood it comes out like that? Uh, you know, yeah, look, Oregon and, and SC have a ton of talent. Um, but I would say, I mean, there's just there's so much parity in the league. You know, people have Washington second. Uh, I'm not sure that Cal's not second. I'm not sure Cal's not better than both of them uh, in the north. Uh, and then Stanford is a a program that, uh, you know, it's funny. They're finally being overlooked after, you know, the last 10 years of, of being, uh, you know, last 10, 15 years of being a big dog in the in the, uh, in the Pac-12 North um, and some things. And so, um, you know, and then again, you know, you look in the South, you've got Arizona State who's got a ton of, t- a ton of talent coming back. Guys who could have played in the NFL decided to come home, come back. You know, Utah uh, had a chance to talk to Devin Lloyd Coach Whittingham out there uh, at Paxwell Media Day, and uh, Coach Whittingham calls Devin the best linebacker he's had in 10 years there. And so, you know, he's another guy who had a chance to move on, decided to come back. And so, I, I just think there's a ton of talent. I think UCLA is a team that people are sleeping on. I think, uh, I, I think it's, I would venture to say it would be unlikely that both those teams end up being uh, in the Paxwell title game. 
Um, you know, I think for the most part, people just look at, you know, oh, well, who was in the championship game last year? Uh, okay, yeah, let's vote for him again. <laughs> so as opposed to doing an actual study, you know, any sort of film study or any sort of, you know, hey, here's who these guys have coming back. And that all being said and done, it's college football, man. All it takes is uh, the key quarterback, the key running back to get hurt, and uh, and then uh, the entire season goes sideways. So uh, I know you're not uh, a prophet, and you're not a uh, you can't look into your crystal ball and come up with the exact answer. But in that South, Nigel, if, if you had to pick between USC, Utah, and Arizona State, what what indicators are there about which team being the favorite in your mind? Well. I guess one. Where do Arizona State and Utah play this year? <laughs> I mean, in Salt Lake. Salt Lake. Play, yeah, in Salt Lake. If they, if they play in Salt Lake, I'm gonna take the Utes. Uh, if they play in, <laughs> if, if they played in Arizona, I'd probably say I'd probably say Arizona State. Um, you know, I uh, got a chance to talk to Jaden Daniels, uh, the quarterback at Arizona State, and and it was funny. Um, you know, uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson got a chance to ask a question, the quarterback at UCLA, uh, to him and Keaton Slovis, who's a quarterback at SC. And the question was, what's the hardest place and the hardest team you've ever, you know, the hardest game you've ever had? And Jaden immediately said Utah. At Utah was just something that he just did not, and, and he was not ready for. And so, um, you know, I think that uh, being at that game's in Salt Lake, uh, I, I think that uh, that, that gives an edge to the Utes. Um, but, I, I mean, I, I'm a big believer in, in, in ASU. I got a chance to do, call their spring game, and they are loaded. And, I mean, they look, coming off the bus, they look like um, uh, the SC teams of the past. I mean, they look like an NFL football team. They are enormous, they're athletic, and they're experienced. And, uh, and then, again, you know, SC is SC. But, you know, I, I'm, I would lean towards either Arizona State or, or Utah, and I think Utah has a slight edge being that the, uh, the game is in Salt Lake. You know, let me just add one other thing about that, Nigel. The, the jet, the, I'm sorry, the Utes are traveling to the Coliseum to play USC, a place they haven't won. They haven't won in Los Angeles since I think I looked it up. It was 1916 since the last time the Utes <laughs> beat the Trojans down there. So that's yeah. that's a big challenge that they have to overcome. Yeah, I mean, those kids weren't alive then, so, you know, it doesn't really matter. You know, I, I hear that kind of stuff, and it, it makes me giggle because it's like, yeah, but, you know, that ain't got nothing to do with these guys. You know, those guys weren't even bored. They weren't even a thought. Their parents weren't even a thought back then. And so, you know, what it comes down to is, you know, what um, the guys who are actually on the field, are they able to execute the game plan that's been put in front of them? And so, um, you know, if they're able to do that, now, part of the lore of FC, I think, for Utah, is the same thing that affects every single team in the Pac-12 when they travel to L.A. There's, you know, the Los Angeles is such a huge recruiting area for every single team that a lot of times, especially inexperienced teams, when they travel to L.A., you know, they'll go down there and they'll have friends and their parents and their grandparents and girlfriends and you know, everybody's hitting them up for tickets, and there's just all these distractions, you know. And then they get down there, and then they're playing against a really good team as well. And that's how I think a lot of them end up struggling. The teams that do well, you know, I was part of a team that went down there when I was a sophomore, and we, we beat the snot out of the Trojans. And I don't even remember thinking it was a big deal, you know. Um, but I think our coaches really were, were honest about staying focused and not, not having the, 
the outside noise affect us. And, uh, and so that's, I think that's the key for those teams when they go down there. And I think why that's probably been a spur in the side of Utah and, and so many other teams. If they're able to focus and not worry about, you know, who needs what tickets and, you know, can somebody come by and see me at the hotel and all that other stuff, I think they'll do well. Last thing for me, Nigel, uh, we've talked a lot about this here on the station over the last week, but uh, curious to get your thoughts on it. Outside of Arizona, and Arizona's got a new coach, and and they're going through some kind of major stuff as a program, but outside of Arizona, in my opinion, you can make a real argument for every team in the Pac-12 taking a step forward and doing some damage this year. I mean, earlier in the interview, you you mentioned Cal. I I think Cal has the potential to be really good. Stanford uh, has, has potential. You know, you look down the list. I think every program has the potential to at least step, take a step forward, if not really make some waves. Yeah, I mean, to me, you know, I think ultimately in my book, I think, you know, Arizona State, Utah, Washington, Oregon are probably the top dogs. If I had to pick one dark horse, I, I, I don't know if they are a dark horse or not, but in my mind, I would not be surprised if Cal ended up winning this conference this year. Um, they are stacked. They've got a great coach. They play defense like someone owes them money. And, and, and Chase Garber's the quarterback. When he's healthy, they're a different football team. You know, they've struggled when he's gotten hurt. And when he's healthy, they've gone to Seattle and beaten you more than once. Um, you know, they, 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 they are able to, to get after people, and, and he's able to distribute the football and do good things. And so, um, you know, I think that's – I think he is the key to their success if he stays healthy and continues to, to, to be who they – you know who he is, I would not be surprised to see Cal uh, in the Pac-12 championship game. So is it healthier for the conference overall to have a bunch of good teams uh, that might devour one another, or is it healthier for one or two teams to be absolutely dominant so they can be projected forward into something else? You know, I, I think it's healthier for the team for the conference to be – uh, to be balanced and to make each other get better so that when you know you get to these important games um, across the board right because we get judged we get judged on what happens when uh, Utah plays BYU what happens when Washington goes to Michigan what happens when Oregon uh, plays against uh, Ohio State and we get judged across the board you know LSU goes to UCLA uh, it's not the same in the SEC you know Arkansas yeah, Cal was beating the snot out of Ole Miss People just kept calling, you know, talking about Alabama. And so I think it's important for us uh, to get back on the national stage that we were used to all those years uh, to have strong teams across the board, um, which means, yeah, there's going to be a little bit of parity. There's going to be a little bit of beating each other up. But I also think there's some teams with some elite talent in this conference that as long as they bring it every week, um, they've, they've got an edge, you know. Um, it's just about being consistent and getting 18- to 22-year-olds uh, to focus, which is easier said than done. Well, Nigel, thank you very much for jumping on with us. We really appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, we look forward to catching up with you, hopefully a lot, coming up this season. Sounds good, fellas. Have a great day.